Hello friends, I'm your host Chris Thrill, I'm a former Royal Marines Commando, I've adventured for better and sometimes worse across 80 countries on all seven continents. Welcome to the Bought the T-Shirt Podcast. Good morning. What an absolute, absolute honor. Um, I just want to say here and now, not just to have two music icons, um, but also on behalf of me and my family, I, I just want to start by thanking you for, for your incredible bravery over the last 24 months. I know how hard it gets. Um, mm. As you know, I, I was a founding member of the Global Veterans Alliance to, to stand up for what we say, stand up for the kids. Mm. I know how much you get hammered <laughs> by, the, certainly do. by the mainstream. And and it mm. takes a toll, guys. It really, it does. really does. Yeah, it does. You know? I, I agree. I agree. It, it's, yeah. it's, it's horrible to have things said about you that are untrue and pretty much everything I've seen. Um, and so I, I, I just... I really wanted to thank you. I thought we'll keep the um, the last couple of years of shit. Let's call them shenanigans. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll take that at, at the latter part of the podcast because, okay. um, you know, it, it's just an honour to have have you both on the show. Thank you. And um, my God, I mean, you really, you've really smashed it out of the park, haven't you? Um, occasion, yeah, yes, we have. We we have our moments. Yeah. <laughs> we definitely have our yeah, moments. A bit food between sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But the um the speaking out thing wasn't particularly um difficult for us, but because one, it seemed obvious. It just seemed like a natural thing to do, um, and and also we had we had come up historically um, against such um negativity in the in the business generally mm. that we were kind of used to it actually. Yeah, we were when we did um. You're going back a bit. When we done, when we released "I'm Too Sexy." "I'm Too Sexy" wasn't signed. It didn't have, didn't have a record deal. It was just promoted, uh, and the promotion company assigned uh, just set up a little white label to to, to service it. Yeah. So it was it, it, when it was number two in the UK and doing the rounds through Europe. Um, it, it it wasn't really there wasn't actually a record deal in place, uh, and the animosity from the record companies, even when it was a hit, was quite extraordinary. Mm. The animosity from some areas of the media, um, because the record had been turned down by all the record labels, and some record labels didn't just turn it down; they were <laughs> visceral in their hate for the record <laughs> and us, particularly people like Island Records, who just could not spit enough boys' names. <laughs> And I don't know what, I don't know what, maybe the guard had a bad morning. I don't know. I used to have all the faxes, but I sadly I don't have them anymore. Um, um, and what happened was, I think what's, 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 what's insult to injury is the track was, was refused by everybody, but the, it wasn't just a hit. It's become, it's become a bit of a, um, an, an industry on its own and, and it has its own mark. Um, and whether people like the record or not, it's kind of irrelevant now. We, we, we've, um, you know, we have, it's part of it being number one in America on its own right. It's subsequently, it's subsequently been number one in America three other times with Drake, Taylor Swift, and currently with Beyonce. So 
The record has been given the seal of approval by, and whether you like them or not, it doesn't matter, by some of the biggest selling artists in history. Um, so it's um, it, it's it's a funny old uh, enigma, is, is Andrew also, Sexton. Yeah, and also I think, uh, I think yeah. it, it created an image about us. Yes, it did, yeah. I mean, we sold it in a way that we we weren't thinking, we, we didn't actually think about it. I mean, you know, we took our shirts off and, and, and camped around like a couple of idiots and didn't really think, honestly. Which we had done before. Which I we'd mean, done before, but we didn't really think about it. And it's only... You know, it's that first to market thing. It's that first. That's it how is, people yeah, remember you. First to market. You do it. Yeah. You do. You do. Rose, you just described a, a typical night out in in, in the Royal Marines. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Taking the shirt off yeah. and pouncing about. <laughs> about. Yes, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> Good point. So, so I think the. Um, I, I mean, in, in fact, we we were asked up until a, a few years ago, we were still being asked whether we wrote the stuff. Yeah. And um, and I think because of sexy as a as a kind of track in a way, and deeply did as well. The assumption was we were probably a bit thick, and probably got just got lucky. Yeah, it was. I think there was an element of that in the whole thing. Um, and, and and strangely, I, I think it was Dustin Hoffman who once said that you'll never get an Oscar for a comic role. Mm. And um, and I think that applies to music. If you make yeah. music that cheers people up, you will never get thanked for it. I mean, when we were in the Brits in ninety. 90- Two, we were backstage at the Brits. We knew we'd be. We knew we were being um, not getting an award for anything. We knew that because we weren't part of the British phonographic industry. We weren't part of that cartel, and we were number one in the UK, number one in about forty countries, and number one in America. And they still refused to give us an award. Yeah. And um, and it was. And at that point, we knew. Yeah, we're just not part of this game. Um, also, the industry. Well, the industry is incredibly conservative, the, the entertainment industry, in our experience. It's, it's populated by artists who um, seek constant validation and approval. These are not strong, courageous people. They're generally quite weak. Um, and it's populated by a business that, that, that focuses on the exploitation of that need. Um, so it's when, when people talk about, uh, I've got an interesting question for you in a minute. Um, one thing we think lacks in the music industry is these, most people don't have courage. They, it's they, 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 you know, people think, oh, so and so is a real, a real rebel because they're in a punk band. Well, you know, smashing up hotel rooms, wearing a ripped t-shirt and a, and a, and a, and a safety pin, and charging it to the label, and charging <laughs> it to the label is not, it's not much, uh, and signing to a major record company is not very <laughs> punk at all. Um, and um, so I, I think punk is doing what is doing what. Yeah, more than what the Depeche Mode did, which was they stuck with their original independent label, and what uh, Kasabian have done, and that's much more of a punk attitude. And um, and Marillion, um, people forget how how ahead of the curve they were with their with their um, fat with their fan base. So it's called what's it called? Um, there's expression when you deal directly with your fan base, which is what they did way before anyone else. Um, but surely, in, with your history, you must have been surrounded by people who did have courage. But you're not seeing it now. Or is that not true? Oh my gosh, mate, you bang on the money. I mean, uh, but I try not to make this long-winded. But through, through the Global Veterans Alliance, a lot of people have said to me, you know, when are the when are the military going to turn on the? <laughs> you know what they perceive the government. I'd say it all goes a lot, Way lot, higher. lot, yeah. lot high, 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 higher than and. Yeah. I tried to explain to people that that you know a lot of us that the military kind of recruiting bowl, as it were, mm. is very often from quite damaged people. I hold oh, my hand, okay. you know, going right. to hold my hold my hand up as a prime example. Uh, highly traumatic childhood. Some 
not 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 everybody we're not we're not generalizing no, here but no, but no. The, but but this is why we when you see post-military you see the, the old ptsd thing comes up yes you do um with respect to the last couple of years you need to see it you, you need to see what's going on you, you do, need yeah. to see what's really going on and a, a lot of veterans find that really hard they're still like queen and country and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know oh, okay right right if, if the bbc tell me this it's it's that's <laughs> you know they they, they they sent us to iraq they sent us to afghanistan blah, blah 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 and 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 this is why um i say to people no then they're, they're not going to come charging over the hill on their right, you okay. know in their what shining armor um uh, it, it, it 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 really doesn't sort of work <laughs> <laughs> am, no. am, am i making sense fellas yes, sure, yes. Yeah. I, 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 what we both thought i think is that if this was a, a um a conflict between you know, and you could physically see it there were you know there were soldiers coming over the hill there were bullets flying in the air in the air and the boots marching over the bridge i think people would be much more easily motivated to deal with it i think one of the big problems is that this is an attack that you can't really see this isn't it's all it's in the air it's, it's a kind of feeling and to get people to understand that that's just as real as bullets flying through the air is very, very difficult. People who don't understand the demo thing thought that it was about changing official policy. It was never really about that for me. It was, it was, it was showing solidarity with people who felt the same. And I yes. remember talking to one elderly lady who was from Southampton, and she found going to the demos incredibly invigorating because she suddenly realised that she wasn't the only one who thought like she thought. Mm. Yes, it but is, it's yeah. just as real. Mm. Um, and the you only have to do the tiniest bit of reading um, on, on, the, on the socials of different people like, uh, you know, I don't know, Duesberg or McCulloch or whoever it is to know that to get to grips with this is, is, a, is a, it's a spirit. It, it is actually a spiritual conflict, this. It is, yeah. Um, that's what, and that's, that's what it is. And it's, I think it's very difficult to motivate people um, in that regard. I think people, and also I think people who are, you know, you grow up with good friends, you grow up hopefully with a reasonable family, you, you know, you have a good, you have a job that you quite like, whatever it is. It's very hard to imagine that there are people out there who are this malicious, <laughs> malicious. Yeah. You know, it's very hard to get your head around that. I mean, I'm, I'm reading um, Kennedy's book on Fauci and the, the history of some of these people, Gallo and Fauci and Gates, these extraordinary. people, it's extraordinary. And what they did in the third world in places like Kampala and, uh, and, um, in Africa, it, it, it is, you know, it takes your breath away, actually. Yes. Um, so, I, and I think that's very difficult for a lot of people to grasp that these people are that bad. Yeah, yeah. We, yes. We, we, we have a neighbour who's well-educated, quite a successful actor, and he knows something's going on, but doesn't know what. He's been, he's had his jabs and everything, so he can work. And he cannot process the idea that a politician would do anything but work in his benefit. Mm -hmm. he, can't, he, he can't think, well, why would they have self-interest? I don't understand. I said, well, they do. They don't care about you, mate. They just don't care. You're just a useless, you're, 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 you're a, a useless eater or a useless idiot. It depends which way you want to look at it. Um, and um, I, think, um, I, think, I think that journey for people, I've been duped, I've been lied to, by people I used to trust, i.e. the media, uh, government officials, even, even Big Pharma to a degree. You know, we've all trusted them. We've all taken paracetamol and ibuprofen, and I've never, uh, your hands on, oh, I've never got a paracetamol and thought, hmm, 
What's in this? I better get this tested. <laughs> yes. You know, I haven't. I've, 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 gone, I've gone to the pharmacy. I've bought my, part, my paracetamol and I've taken it and because it's trust. You, you've, I've trusted these people. And um, and now I don't trust them. And um, and, and I do think, um, you know, I was I, I had a tooth extraction recently and I was speaking to a dentist and I'll get you these antibiotics. And I went, well, could you explain to me about these antibiotics? I need to know any possible side effects. I want to know what, why you're prescribing these and not others. And he was great. He was really good and really informative. Um, but I wouldn't have done that three years ago. I was just, oh, okay, you recommend those, fine, I'll take those. And I think there's this, that the trust for a lot of people has gone. And I think for the people where it hasn't gone, the journey to where they're going to have to, and they will at one point, going to have to go, do you know what? We're getting screwed. This is the biggest global psyop in history. And um, and I think it's, it, that's a huge step. And I think particularly when mainstream media is still <laughs> dragging their heels to, to get, you know, to to, to, to to come to the party. You know, you see them on, you know, you've got these dreadful clowns like, you know, James Whale and uh, Nick Ferrari and these, these idiots, you know, just peddling the same old crap, you know, and, um, and, and, and full of misinformation and lies. They lie about us all the time. Um, but um, apparently that's okay for them. That that they're, they're they're part of this machine. They can lie about how they ever they want. But um, if you're if you've got an alternative point of view, you're instantly a tinfoil hat. I mean, and those, as you, I'm sure you know, those phrases are still going around. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, the, one of the pro I think we the um, one of the things I, I read the other day. So it's, it's a quote I haven't forgotten. And so it's a well, I can't remember who said it, but the quote is "Man is wolf to man." Yes, yeah, good quote. And that's the, it's the, the, the the you know viruses are not the problem. Um, pandemics are not a problem. Germs are not the problem. We are the problem. Man is the problem. Mm -hmm. And until we sort that out, um, we're never going to get any relief. No. Uh, we need we need to understand the importance of thinking for ourselves. We need to understand the importance of valuing your own body um, and and treating it with the respect it deserves. Because it's, it's a machine that will have to last you hopefully three score years and ten at least. Um, but over the years, probably since the Second World War and before and before. We have got used to deferring to the government for everything. Tell me what to eat. Tell me what to watch. Tell me where to stand when I get money out of the ATM. Tell me, tell me everything I need to know to lead a nice, safe, comfortable life. Mm -hmm. The more you defer, the less independence you have, and you get used to it. And I think the somebody said the other day, which I think is quite an interesting theory, which is that this whole COVID thing <clears throat> happened far too far too soon. The, the, the virus happened and this great reset agenda was pushed on the top of it. Um, the problem with that was it, it brought into its, its, its kind of uh, arena a generation that wasn't easily pushed around, a, an older generation that had, had a longer memory. If, if this had all happened 10 to 15 years time, when it was all essentially millennials who had got used to convenience, used to deferring, used to, used to that you know, you know, I hate to use the word snowflake, but that, that that weakness, if you like, and that dependence, it would have been a much easier task. I think what's made it difficult, people like you, have made it much more difficult because we're of a generation that remembers what it's like when you didn't have to ask yes. where you can have a smoke. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When you when you didn't have to ask, I mean, when you see footsteps on the you know painted feet on the floor at an ATM. <laughs> Can you please stand like? I mean, really? Yeah. And people actually and do. People actually do. Yeah, and, and it's extraordinary. I was in Waitrose. I don't shop anymore, but I was in Waitrose, uh, and um, um, the lady behind, in front of me, chastised me. Said, "Could you stand back?" She pointed at the. This is going back last year. And she pointed at the, the blue or please blue with the stickers with, and I, and I just looked at her. What are you talking about? She said, "Okay," and I said, "No." 
you want you want to you want to move forwards, knock yourself out. I'm not standing back. Well, there's a, there's you know, a, fuck it. There's a, a local shop, and they had taken all their stickers off the floor last year. Um, oh yes, yeah. yeah. They took all their stickers off the floor, and um, it's, it's sort of like a antique kind of uh, homeware shop, you know. And um, there was a lady standing. She just walked into the shop and just was standing there, not doing anything. So one of the guys went up and said, "Excuse me, can I can I help you?" And she said, "Well, yes, you've taken all the things. I don't know which way do you want me to go." <laughs> You know, that's out, yeah, out actually. <laughs> so that I think it's. Uh, I mean, I know we want to talk about the band and all that stuff, but I think it, it, this um, this level of uh, compliance has been really, really interesting to me. Mm. And I remember our father was in in in, uh, in the merchant navy during the Second World War, and um, he was convinced that it, i.e., the Nazi, the whole sort of um, smitching on your neighbours thing, couldn't happen here in the UK. The UK was. Was was gifted in some special way that it was uh, it was immune to this kind of style thing. What I realise, I'm pleased Dad's gone now because he what what it would shows is that it can happen here. People will snitch on their neighbours. People will shout at you in the street. I hope they can breathe. Wouldn't want to bring anything down and super spreaders. I bet you voted for Trump, didn't you? People will be generally pretty vile. They will tell you, uh, "Don't come to my Christmas party because you're not vaccinated." Do you know? Do you, you know what I mean? So I think it's revealed to me certainly that this is not quite the country that I thought it was. That's yeah, you know. Yes, and uh, it's always hard, fellas, because we broadcast on certain platforms that, like, literally, you got to be. We got to be so careful what we say we have got other platforms by the way where we can just actually have a bloody yeah the chat that our, yes. our, our children bloody deserve right but um th there's a lot going on here you know with respect to the politicians and the country structure it, it, it you know if anyone thinks politicians are in control of all this all you've got to think is that there's a remote island in i don't know bloody polynesia somewhere yeah. And they've been walking, you know, they've never seen like a Westerner maybe. And yet they've been walking around with their underpants on their face, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, because the TV told them to. Yeah. The, the TV did tell them to. That's yeah. Exactly and right. I, I, guys, I say underpants, I'm, I'm, I, I'm just, I, I'm not trying to uh, criticize anybody. I'm just trying to highlight the, the notion that mm. you can save humanity by putting things on you and and i i just want to also go a little bit further and again i've got to be so careful what i say but in in science of which medicine is obviously a part mm -hmm. um everything is a theory it is absolutely right? yep and there are several different theories of health yep. out there but there's two main ones the one i subscribe to or or Let's just, I try and make this really simple. So there's one theory. It's like there's a bogeyman and it can jump from me there into Fred mm -hmm. and then Fred into, oh, Jesus Christ, get your underpants on your face. We're going to save you, Matt. You can listen to someone called Antoine Beauchamp. Yeah, that's talk, Talks about terrain theory, how important it is to keep our body. Show yep. this one all the time to my get your pH strips, folks. Right test your body see see how acidic your tissues are okay. right i've done this for almost 20 years now never 
been and i used to get ill three times a year i I hated it right since i started to have a green smoothie for lunch pile on the vegetables for for, for me tea i got some green powder that really really just keeps me tip top like i've never ever been sick so Who do I go for? Do I go for the guy that goes, ah, oh, no, you don't have to look at you. You, you can eat Mc, from McDonald's three times a day. It's not down to you, Chris. It's like yeah. there's a bogeyman and it can jump. Or do I go for the guy that goes, no, it's really important to look after your it is. bodily environment. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. also to stay away from contaminants in our um, uh, society, community, you know, out there. There's, there's other stuff. I mean, simple, silly example, car fumes all day. We got, we we have so many airplanes go overhead every Mm. single day. They chug up the sky. Yeah, they do. I don't know what, I'm guessing some carbon, carbon based Mm. shits coming out of these planes. Mm. We're a car, we're a carbon based structure. That's not, not a good match. And when you think that what a lot of people have been experiencing, I'm not going to say at which time in history, but it's essentially a respiratory disorder. Yes. There's other things that haven't even been looked at. That's right? true. And then one step, one you know, taking an, a, another step is the fact that the politicians, and I wanted to ask you guys about the music industry because mm. we have, we, you know, we have a certain thing like going on on there that that, that a lot of us have become you know switched on to is there seems to be a glass ceiling we have all these people that can do the job you know in the music industry incredible musicians you only have to go to an open mic night and see that this person should have a bloody album they're just incredible but of course there's hundreds of thousands more that should so so i think in society they create this glass ceiling and you can only get above it if you kowtow. I think there's to, a degree of truth to that. Yeah. To, to yeah. the agenda. Mm. This is why we see people like Boris, who I don't doubt he's he's probably not a bad bloke, but he's under so much pressure. Probably, uh, you know, the intelligence services are very good at getting, let's say, information on people. Mm, yeah. I think we maybe saw this with a certain prime minister during the uh, the Iraq war. Yeah. Yeah. Do, I, do I say any more? Mm. And they go, oi, matey, if you don't tow this line, um, we're going to, there's some photographs, think, you know. Yeah, you know. I, I think, I mean, if you listen to the, lots of, there are lots of CIA assets out there and um, whistleblowers like William Binney and Ray McGovern, who will, who, um, are testament to to this sort of coercion that mm. goes on, and they've got you know firsthand experience and and have uh, sort of seen this. I think um, I don't agree with you. I, I think Boris Johnson is actually inherently a bad person. I don't think I don't think you'd find him a good friend or a loyal friend or particularly a loyal partner. That's for <laughs> sure. Um, so I, I I don't think he's a, I, I actually don't think he's a good guy. That's just my gut. I've never met him. I'm just my gut feeling. Um, and I think but I, I do think in the music industry, from our experience. We've always worked to the margins. We always we've never signed a major record deal. Um, we've worked with major labels through um, through smaller concerns, but we've never signed a major record deal. Uh, and although we were given lots of opportunities because obviously I'm too sexy was unsigned and everywhere, so 
the usually yeah, the people that had hated us six months before came in and offered us lots of money, um, and we decided not to do that. Um, and I th- and it's because we don't really like doing what doing we don't like doing what we've been told, and we don't like being pushed around. So and we but we did do that in ninety one ninety two through to ninety three. We did say when they said jump, we, we did say how high. We grew tired of that very quickly, and mm. in ninety five we walked away and set up our own record label, and worked you know against the odds since then. Um, and um, I think it's the sort of band you are. Some people absolutely love the fame; will do anything. Whoops, delivery. Will do anything for the fame. Um, they they will um, count out to their label and their manager because they think. That they know best in some cases maybe they do but and, and uh, i think you see certain artists and i think they've definitely had you know the tap and uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's definitely the case um we were courted into the states when the band was number one we were definitely courted with that in mind um we were offered several things parties situations to get involved in we just didn't really care weren't that impressed with it um and we had we, we're also quite we're quite neighbourhood people, you know. We're, if, if we'd been really, really ambitious, we would have plotted up in LA, got a, got a local manager, got a local agent, and worked and worked the room. But we didn't. We were much more in, in, interested in getting home, building our. I just wanted to go. Yeah, working in our gym. <laughs> and we don't. We like, you know, we didn't, we never intended to become celebrities. So yeah, when the, the usual haters get on board online and you know they try and slag us off, what they don't understand mostly because they're probably bots or a bit thick, is that we, we actually did this by choice. We actually stepped back in the mid-90s by choice. Um, and that's what we chose to do. Um, lots of artists do. Um, and uh, lots of artists don't. It's, um, it, 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 it was down to us. So I think you either, you know, some people really love that game and they want to embrace it and they want to, you know, they want to be at the Grammys and they want to be at the you know, Elton John after Hollywood after show and... That's that's up to them. Interestingly, at the, certainly at the, not for us. No, at the Brits, uh, when we didn't get the award for the best whatever it was, it was we we stayed there and, and you know for the rest of the evening, and it was our label that stormed out in a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were on the was, uh, they were the was, one with the ego. Yeah, was yeah. that the year when Brandon got had a bit of a ruckus on stage? Uh, we there was a couple of years. We did ninety two and ninety three. We did maybe ninety four. I can't remember. Um, I, I don't know. It was when KLF did the um, the sheep thing. Um, yeah, <laughs> yes. and it was when one band got um, White Noise Terror to perform on their behalf. Or maybe that, that, might, it, that might have been KLF. Didn't yeah. somebody hit John Prescott? Ah. Uh. Was that no, no, well? No, there was that band um, who chinned um, uh, Philip Schofield, didn't they? Um, right. Carter. Uh, uh, oh, oh, unstoppable sex machine. Yeah, Carter stops. Yeah, yeah, one of them walked on chinned Philip Schofield. <laughs> Pushing back the frontiers of music, otherwise known as Carter, and I think they're still smashing that at the back somewhere. Now, not only. <laughs> so, uh, you know. Yeah. The thing is, one of the, going back to the music business very quickly. One of the things that, in a way, the music business is a reflection of this of, of the culture that we live in, and the culture that we're currently living in is a very, very compliant culture. It's a very safe culture. It's a very vanilla. Um, we don't much we don't much like people who kick up the dust. We don't really like them. That we find them, um, you know, uncomfortable. So you wouldn't get a punk movement um, happening now no. because it's just too edgy, it's too out there, it's too difficult to control. You know, um, there's a like there's a new artist called Youngblood that the something New York Times thinks is is punk. It's about as punk as Adele. 
Yes, just not punk. Punk is something completely different. It's organic. It's, yeah, punk is an organic thing. You can't invent it. So um, I think I think there's a lot of uh, I think there's a lot of, of that around. I think that the, that's why the music scene now is so I think at least is is relatively bland. Mm. And the stuff that we grew up on, people like Alex Harvey and you know Sparks and all those weird and wonderful artists, uh, it happened because you took the, the politicians weren't in the way, health yeah. and safety wasn't in the way. Also, the, the, the labels were more independent. You, you know, now you have Universal, but obviously back then you had Polydor exactly. and Vertigo and all these Mercury and whatever it was. It was all these independent, not, not independent much, but these separate labels. Um, and now it's much more of a conglomerate, um, and and everybody has associations to third party affiliates affiliates and sponsors and, and we we had it not long ago we were picked up by um uh, we did a deal with with a, with a well-known manager we thought we'd give this a shot and we walked away after about four months which was horrible um but anyway um during that time what what happened is is that we got suddenly signed up by quite a well-known um rock and roll agency music agency and um they would only the minute we sacked our manager they sacked us and so that, <laughs> and, and that is what happens and um yeah, yeah. Uh, we, everyone was. We were offered a major deal through this management. We we refused the deal. We sacked the management. We and we were dumped by our agent. And everyone thought we were mental. We're not mental. We just don't want to be part of that thing. And if and if all you care about, and if the manager said, "Oh, I want to make you a household name again," I said, "I don't want to be a household name again." Like I bleach. Want, yeah, exactly. Like bleach. <laughs> you know? Guys, has it has it been upsetting for you? Because I I've got mates in the music industry, and no. we've had people on the show, and. And in order to keep above this bloody glass seat, the next thing you know, they're doing, you know, they're pushing. Uh, I can't remember the, the the governing group about how is it the World Health Organization? The next yeah, yeah. thing yeah. they're on bloody. I don't watch mainstream media. I'm sure you guys don't, but, very, but from what really. I gather, they're on the mainstream media and they're doing adverts for the older, yeah. the old, you know. The jab, yeah, they are, and it's like I mean, I know it. I know it upsets you. Well, it, 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 it doesn't really upset it, me. I, I, these the people that did it were disappointing long before that. Yeah, um, the, the, the surprise, the, the people that did surprise me were Rage Against the Machine, who insisted on people with Vax to come to their show. Same with Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen. I found Paul McCartney disappointing, not because he took the jab. That's his choice. I think any artist has the choice to do that. But when you start advising and 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 suggesting that other people do what you do i think that's i think that's an abuse of your position and people would claim that we've done that but we've never told anyone to get jabbed or not get jabbed we just tell people what we think and you've got to make up your own mind just um, be informed it's not much yeah, to ask yeah. you know it's just but, been sorry but, but if you go into the hospital and you know you just you, you're going to have your ears pinned back right in an operation you, you would ask the guy what okay what's what what what's entailed in this operation how what's the recovery situation what is there any kind of post-operative care that i need you know you ask basic questions but for some inexplicable reason people just rolled up their sleeve put an experimental therapy into their arm and then wondered why other people start thinking well you're you must be crazy well put they put experimental therapy into their arm administered by non-medical people in, in the most part <laughs> yeah um a very good friend of ours um who works within the nhs was asked to oversee a mass vaccination center 
Um, he went down there and, and did that, and he had to close it down after a few hours because of the aphylactic, um, anaphylactic. anaphylactic fits. Um, then he started questioning the people uh, administering the drug, and he found out they were uh, air crew, all furloughed. The, the AI stuff. Yeah, they, yeah they, 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 they've been furloughed. I'm not sure it would be, I don't know who it was. But, but um, um, and so he said, well, tell me what your instructions you've had. And then, then he saw the needles. The needles were, were too long and too thick. They, they bought the wrong needles. Um, or been given the wrong needles. Uh, he said, well, show me how, what, how you've been taught. He said, they've been taught completely wrong. And this guy is an orthopedic specialist, injection specialist, is what he does. And uh, he said, I've been doing this jabbing people 25 years, never seen an anaphylactic fit in my life. And he said, these people don't know what they're doing. They're just, so what they, what they were doing, they were hitting marrow, they were hitting bone. So not marrow, they were hitting bone. They were hitting um, arteries. Um, and um, and he said it was an absolute shit show. So he decided to close it down, close it down in four or five hours and refused to go back there. And he said, but it opened up again with someone over, someone else overseeing it. And the NHS turned a blind eye. Um, and I think I, I, I think the the recklessness with people, people have been reckless with their own lives, with their own bodies. Been, the government have been reckless and the media have been reckless and so have the big pharma. And I think that's why we're seeing so many, you know, sudden, you know, sudden adult deaths. And, you know, when, when was there ever a time you see a pro athlete fall over and clutch his heart? When, you know, yeah. people, you know, it, 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 did, it didn't happen. And are you familiar? Um, I, I think, it would really wake people up if you go to the office of national statistics mm. and you type in how many people actually died from this thing say between i think the i can actually get it up here on my screen perhaps luke if you're watching you can flag this up for us but uh you know between february 2020 to december 2021 right this is people purely of the thing right not right. we're not we're not talking concomitant you know mm. like diabetes okay, yeah, right. yeah yeah um and and also remember folks this is everything in science is theoretical so this is if you if if you think this thing exists is what i'm trying to say yes yes um so under the age of uh from zero uh uh, five years old and i'm just gonna like paraphrase a bit right. like nobody yes nah, nah. this is in the U uk no from five years old to nine years old nah, nah. nobody nobody 10 to 14 one girl right, right. okay remember if this is if you go yes. for the old louis pasta germ yes. yeah um 15 to 19 oh my god all those kids that have been targeted by nhs adverts you know putting it on mm. TikTok, yeah, telling yeah. them don't you let the ship down you know yeah. one boy right sorry one yeah. teenager apologies right. um you know it, 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 it and it goes on and on and even yeah. if you get into the 35 to 39 year bracket right. combined uh it, it, it they sent 57 now really? 57 out of a population of 66 million what 66 million yeah i think what we've been through i think people would just be really really surprised yeah. and go yeah. really yeah oh. no, they, so, don't want to hear, they don't want to hear that because i see people all the time as, as an argument posting stuff from mainstream media they'll say one and a half million people died no they did not but they don't want to hear it because they want they want to figure that is disastrous because it supports the fact that they followed the narrative. 
that's what they that's the evidence they adhere to and they don't want to drop that and also it was only relatively recently within the last sort of six to nine months that the two words with and from became yes. um, became you know significant yeah and um you know that this you know i think it was a guy in florida i think uh who um tested positive for covid but he was he was killed in a motorbike accident yeah and he went down <laughs> he went down as a covid mm. death mm. so there was a i think you know it's very hard to get your head around the degree to which this has been manipulated. Mm. I've never believed that, neither of us have, that COVID was a myth. It's a real virus and it's out there. I believe that. But if you look at particularly people like Peter McCulloch, whose whose entire effort at the beginning was to prevent hospitalisation, to use repurposed drugs and off-label drugs to prevent people going into hospital, stay at home, take these drugs, you know, take some time out, you'll be fine. Because once you go to hospital, once you're on a ventilator, you know, it doesn't look good. And he was, I think he was expecting to be treated like some kind of hero because he had developed this kind of protocol to, to help people, you know, to prevent people getting them hospitalised. And um, there was no enthusiasm for that because it, hospitals were, particularly in America, I don't know what the situation is in the UK, but in America, hospitals were being paid cash for every COVID patient they admitted. They were, they were then being given extra cash for every COVID patient they admitted to ICU. The whole thing was a scam. And, mm. um, you know, I mean, in Czechoslovakia, you had a half an hour with your favourite prostitute if you had the jab. Mm. There's a statistic I mean, here you know, that I, I saw the other day, and it's a UK Gov statistic, and it's children are 4,423% more likely to die of any cause and 3,633% um, more likely to die of COVID than unvaccinated children. That's the degree their immune system has been screwed, and that this is a and that and that is from the government. Um, and also now you've got um, you've got a study which is uh, excuse me very quickly. Um, the, the this is from the uh, control. What is who's who's this from? I can't quite see. Sorry. Anyway, it, they've now decided, and it's been agreed by the CDC, that regular use of ivermectin could be good for you. <laughs> no. Who would have thought so? Who would have thought? What a shocker. Yeah, yeah exactly. you, you mean that drug that's been tested for decades and is on the list of um, the... Oh, um, that's just animal paste. <laughs> just horse yeah, paste. Just horse paste. I yeah, mean, yeah. really frigging hell, these I people. And I think one of, as, you know, going on, one of the most amazing things about this whole affair has been the degree to which the mass media have just towed the line. By, by, I mean, imagine what we would not know if it wasn't for social media. Yeah. I'm not here today uh, um, as a representative of anything. I do not speak for any group or organisation, although I am sometimes described, as I say, as a gay activist. I regard this personally as too limiting. I believe strongly, really strongly, in individual liberty, our right to privacy, which is currently being eroded every day, and our right within reason to determine our own futures, free from interference from the state, organised religion, or any other group, in fact, that thinks it knows what's best for me. Just imagine there was no social media and we were relying completely on the BBC, Sky and the press. Oh, man. Which we have done before. Which we have done before. Yeah. Imagine if there had been selfies going on and, I, and um, iPhones in the Second and First World War. Do you think? Imagine <laughs> the horrors we would have really seen. And imagine the take-up. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, same with yeah. Vietnam, of course. Yeah, same with Vietnam. So I think um, that, for me, has been absolutely staggering. And I, rem I shall never forget reading an article by, I, I read some of it, by Andrew Neil, which I think was in the Mail, and it was the headline was something like now it's time to punish the unvaccinated. Yeah, these, these guys, people, these these 
the guys you mentioned like the uh, and friends we love everybody on this channel we, <laughs> we, we we're not persecuting it's not about that it's understanding the, the whole whole picture but when you see people like the james wales oh james wales. Uh, uh who's the other chap that does the daytime daytime program well, there's steve nolan and nick ferrari and gaunt john gaunt and uh james o'brien dreadful woman with a face for radio oh sheila Doherty. why don't you poison their coffee yeah why don't you poison their coffee like yeah. 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 yeah i'm, I'm trying to think a, of the, the other guy he has a very popular daytime i don't watch mainstream so it's, okay, it, no. it, 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 not jeremy well, vine yeah 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 oh jeremy vine right. yeah yeah i he's mean he's another one yeah and also um <laughs> there was the chap i can't remember his name but he um uh, we had tommy robinson on the show um recently and his right. his, his crew have been really speaking out uh, right. you know a, a lot about this and he come under attack from this bbc reporter but what the bbc reporter didn't know is he's been filmed the person he was speaking to was was recording him oh, right. on behalf of tommy right and it was just i would say pure evil mm -hmm. a bit struck but there's a certain like character isn't there that, there that if, if you've got that character you're going to be retained at the bbc <laughs> you're going to do <laughs> really like yeah. really really well mm. and it's and it's weird because i wonder like have they given up on love and kindness and empathy and learning shit or are they just like really fucking horrible i, I, I think they've been horrible for over 200 years you mean who the oh, media oh, the elite the elite oh i see they've always been horrible um it's just now we know how old they are. i think the, i mean for me um I'm, I'm conflicted with the bbc for me it's bbc news that seem to have lost their way yeah there's lots of uh we, we've done a lot of work with bbc regional and i think they do a really good job and 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 they've been really good to us and then we've been we've spoken out on re various regional shows and they haven't tried to censor us they've been very cool yeah, yeah. so i think it's i think yeah bbc is a big organization like the nhs huge organization and i think within it there's some really great people sadly the people who seem to be the most unpleasant seem to get the loudest voice um and i think that's a shame and i, th I think the bbc will live, live to regret that but that's my opinion i think it's a, i think it's damaged their brand which i think you know which is criminal wow really, i mean who, who's i don't know anyone who still pays a license fee i mean no. I, I i wouldn't do it no to be no. honest after certain events can we say that might or might not taken a place in america about yeah. i don't know 20 oh, it, i'm i'm not peep supporting people that you know i want to well, say to, uh, well, uh, what you mean uh, my thing with the bbc uh, license fees i think and i agree i think this with taxation too everything should be ring fenced yeah, i want to see what's spent on. i want to see what i'm quite happy to pay for bbc documentaries i'm quite happy to pay for bbc drama regional and regional mm -hmm. i don't want to pay for bbc sport because i never watch it Gary i don't want to pay, i don't want to pay for bbc news because i don't believe it so if they could send me their breakdown of where the of, of the things I can contribute towards, mm. I'd be more than happy to do that. But I don't want to pay, a, give them a blank check to spend it in any way they like. So they end up giving Gary Lineker £500 million a day <laughs> to, to, to read an auto cue. Yeah. I'm not interested. Yeah. So I think that, and it's the same, for me, it's the same with taxation. You know, at the moment, what we do is we pay our tax into this gaping yaw of the, of the treasury and we expect them 
to distribute it in a way that makes sense. Or fair. Or unfair. Mm. I don't want to do that. I think they should explain, like they do with like, when you get your community charge thing. Mm. They tell you what they spend on police. They tell you what they spend on water and everything. I want that for general taxation as well. Mm. Part of the reason I started a podcast is I, I thought, do you know what? I'm going to get to chat to fascinating people, like my idols, people that I admire, I respect. And, and it's been, gosh, you know, you put out to the universe, it gives you back tenfold. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's just incredible. And I'm I'm so I'm gonna say it again, I'm so humbled um to meet you. In fact, look, well, <laughs> I I had a shave today. <laughs> a lot a lot of people don't know that Wright said Fred is actually free brothers. Well, I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a well kept secret. It's a well kept secret, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, come on, guys! You had a US number one. That is uh, the gold standard for UK artists, isn't it? Yes, How it many is. people have moved to LA to try to achieve? And, and, yeah. and, and how was it? Did you take that in your stride, or did you have a beer, or or, or something we, else? We it was were kind of scary. Yeah, we we were um, working really hard, so we weren't really given the opportunity to sit back and enjoy it. And you, you've got about your third hit single. Yes, I know. Three I hit know. wonders. Three hit wonders. Three hit wonders yeah. Somebody actually said to us the other day, they said, so, so what do you say to people who say you're just two hit wonders? And it's going to go on forever, that isn't it? So what do you <laughs> say to people who just say, say you're 57 hit wonders? Uh, we've only enjoyed it more looking back. Mm. Um, and the longevity of Sexy is, I'm actually more proud of. It's, you know, having it, it's recently been, um, it's been rewritten, if you like, or interpolated is the term with uh, Taylor Swift had a number one with it, Drake had a number one with it, and now Beyonce. And so I was proud of that as the original track because very few songs have that cachet. You know, they, they are few and far between. It doesn't mean whether you like the song or not, it's kind of irrelevant. Mm. Uh, they, they, it's just a matter of fact. And um, what's interesting, I think, is is we still get blanked, even though we've had, as, co as writers, we've still had, we've had now four American number ones. And um, we still get blanked by um, PRS in the UK, Basca in the UK. The only people who are supportive is BMI. Um, and it's really odd. And um, it, it's, it's really strange. It's clear that we, that as writers, we've achieved quite a lot. And they will not, they will not address it. Sometimes. They Fred, just don't like, they just don't like it. Sometimes Fred gets invites and it says, um, Dear Miss Fairbrass, would you like to sit in the room with an award-winning writer. And then Fred goes back and says, well, actually, I am an award-winning writer, so I don't really know. I sit in the room with one every day. Is this, um, has this come since your stance on the old shenanigans? No, 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 no. no. It, 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 it's, it, it's got worse. Uh, we've been cancelled from songwriting projects. We've been cancelled from a film. We were cancelled from two, two commercials, all based on... Gigs. All based on, oh, yeah, be, yeah um, loads of gigs cancelled. And it was all based on what they'd read in the press. No one ever bothered to contact us and say, look, what can you tell us what's going on? They believe what the Daily Mail said. They believe what the Express said. That they did. Well, the Express hasn't been too bad, actually. Yeah. Um, fair, but they believe, the, they believe the Sun and the Eccentric and, and the BBC. Um, and these people haven't been very honest with us, uh, or about us, rather. So um, we got cancelled based on other people's ability to uh, consume misinformation, not on the truth at all. Um, and so with, I, I, I think, but going back before uh, the pandemic, we, we, we never, there is a inner sanctum with the music industry. If you kiss us with the silver guys at the Silver Cliff or the, uh, the what's it, the, the, the Prince 
Prince Fit Prince uh, Awards. The oh, the Duke of Edinburgh. The Duke of Edinburgh Awards and all these sort of things. Mm. There's loads of music events you can get involved in that you know, and and you get the you know you, you get a little tick against your name. And we've we've never been invited to be honest with you. Um, and if we had been invited, we probably would have done it. But um, uh, we've been pretty much ignored by the British music industry. They really just don't yeah. take kindly to us. Awesome. And, they, and they never have because, sorry, just very quickly, yeah. it goes back to I'm Too Sexy. This all started then because they were, they their, um, the, the British phonic, phonic, phonographic industry, which was represented by the major labels, uh, made it very public that they thought I'm Too Sexy was a piece of shit and would never be, su be successful. We proved them wrong. And to this very day, they don't like that. They just don't. And we know all the words to "candle in the wind." I don't understand why we're not getting <laughs> why we're not getting the attention that we deserve. I don't. Yeah. Know. Oh, it has I've, been a bit I've, uh, no, I've no idea, folks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, you should do that. Can I just say that thing? We, 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 we did a photo shoot um, in, in um, we did a photo shoot in um, Germany in two thousand and two. Or one, no, two thousand one, and it was part of a um, it was part of an album cover shoot, but mostly part of an exhibition for photo for a photographer who was quite well in Germany. And he did a sort of a hotney thing where you take lots of Polaroids of someone's head and then you replace the Polaroids to change the face. And at one point we had we held an eye over an eye, and apparently that. 30, 20, 20 years, 21 years later, that proves that we are now Illuminati. That's how we got the Beyonce thing. That's how we got the Beyonce thing because, we're because she poured goat's blood over me and, uh, <laughs> and, and, we, and, and we had an awesome night. What a night that was. Yeah, I mean, these, the, 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 you know, the, the, the attempt, uh, I mean, I get called a conspiracy theory. God, I'm, I'm an amateur compared to these people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating. We had a, we had a celebrity photographer on the show. I'm, I'm, Apologies, I can't remember his name. It was about two years ago. And I just, I tried to nail him on this. And he was a little bit, you could see he was a bit confused, but he said when he's, um, you know, he says he's like photo shooting Samuel L. Jackson. Mm. And he says then Samuel, you know, starts doing like, you know, oh, this. Upset, yeah. yeah, and he's, he, he doesn't know why. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> um, you know, I, I I think there's a reason it's a pyramid stage at Glastonbury, and there is lots of people. Say lots that. Of you know, people it's say gone that, yeah. from a folk festival, mm. folk and blues, yeah, to yeah. having you know the, yeah. the old uh, yeah. you know if you hide your hand in your shirt, you'll yeah, you'll, yeah. You'll, yeah the hidden you'll, hand. Yeah, you'll, yeah. It, 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 well, someone actually said to me the other day, "What are you talking about?" Although all, all the festival main stages are pyramids, actually, no, they're not. No, no. We have played thousands of festivals all over the world. That's the only one I've ever seen. Mm. They're, they're always, always the arc, all square. occasionally square, mm. but but quite often the arc as well. Yeah, yeah. The pyramid I, I, rarely I, happens. I think one of the things that the COVID thing has done is it's, it's I hope is it's made a lot of people realise that there's an awful lot more going on than they ever really imagined was going on. Whether it's Freemasonry, whether it's the Illuminati, whether it's um, um, you know the um, the adrenochrome thing. Whether it's you know the the the, the um, oh, I don't know. You know Sabatine Frankish cult. It goes on and on. Um, yes, it does. But it's the whole thing. Is it? Yes, yeah, it's, it's the whole and, thing. And what's really funny? I've got a. I'm a fan of the. Um, Thirteenth uh, Floor Elevators, who were a um, psychedelic rock band. In fact, probably the first psychedelic rock band ever. And they were, they came out of Austin, Texas, um, mid sixties, um, and um, they had the eye. They had the third eye on their T-shirt, and that's because back then it was seen as the inner light, the inner sight, 
that's what they believed in. There was this other, yeah, the pineal gland and, or pineal gland, yeah, yeah, how yeah. you pronounce it. Yeah. And I, I, wore the, I wore this T-shirt once. <laughs> People threw their prams. <laughs> Toys out there, prams. You, Illuminati. It's, 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 it's 13th for elevators. You couldn't get a band further away from Illuminati if you paid them to bloody hell. Yeah, I think I think there's a, there's a whole load of uh, stuff going on now. That When we were in Gibraltar and we got invited to a party. Oh, this that, was strange. This was very strange. We got invited to a party in Gibraltar by some, this old fella had, who was a, the richest man Sur- in Gibraltar. Surrounded by lots of girls. Surrounded by lots of women. And um, we didn't go. Um, and then we spoke to some people who did the next day. And what went on back there was was very freaky. And some of the people, they, they left because within 20 minutes of walking through the door, um, it, it didn't feel right. And one guy, um, he, he he suddenly he was looking down at his hands and he had blood all over his hands. Yeah. Nowhere else. Yeah. Nowhere else. It just appeared all it, over his hands. Did, yeah. I don't know what went on there, but it definitely wasn't. It no, wasn't right. It was. It, it was yeah, the, 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 the accounts. We yeah. uh, we didn't go because the girl who asked me freaked me out. I just thought I don't like you. There's something very dark about you. I'm not going. So we we we, we went and then we spoke to the guys who, the next morning. They said, "Man, you're so pleased you didn't come. It was a freak show." Yeah. And uh, you know something like six or seven pregnant women walking around and and uh, upside down crosses. Well, they and brought puppies in. Then they bought a whole bunch of puppies. Yeah, pup. They took to puppies. Clean the vibe. But the puppies were really young. Like yeah. should have been with their mum, young, you know. Mm. And this was to clean the clean the vibe, apparently. And um, and they said the whole atmosphere was very very peculiar. All the doors were locked; you couldn't get out the way you came in. Mm. So they found a fire escape and went th- got out through the car park. Um, but they said it was it was incredibly bizarre, and particularly this guy got covered in blood. He said there was no blood on the seat, no blood on no blood anywhere, but on my trousers and hand, it just mm. appeared. He said it was the freakiest thing he's ever been to, and he's not a very um, you know, he's not into that thinking at no, all. He no, just no. said, he said, I'd like to come up with a, a rational explanation. He said, but so far I can't. Yeah. So yeah. There's definitely, you know, there's definitely weird stuff going on um, you know, all, all the time. I think mm. I'm more aware of it now than I was three years ago. Yeah. Mm. Um, and when I, when I look back to my childhood, I was completely trusting. Yes, we were. You know, yeah. absolutely. If somebody had a white coat on, they were to be trusted. If somebody mm. was a policeman, they were to be trusted. If, yeah. You know, it's and gone. now that's all gone. And I think... Mm. The, the absence of trust is going to be one of the most difficult things to rebuild. It is in yeah, politics, yeah, yeah. in medicine, in academia, all that area. Mm. Um, the you know the uh, the idea of actually being able to trust somebody. The minute police put cameras on their on their tunics, I thought, what does that tell you? Mm. Nobody trusts what they say. Yeah, that's what it tells you. It might be a good idea, and there's lots of really good reasons for doing it. But fundamentally, what it tells you is that we do not trust the coppers. Well, there was, there was, that's what it is. I'm sure you saw there was footage of gay pride. There's yeah. this copper going up to a group of lesbian <laughs> yes. lesbians, asking them to leave gay pride because the trans movement found the lesbians offensive. What? <laughs> I, I'm sorry, mate. What, as opposed to what the copper should be doing, he goes up to the trans people and say, wind your neck in. These people have as much right to be here as you have. I suggest you all get on and act like bloody adults. But he didn't do that. What he wanted to do was divide. And uh, I think that's that that level of that is a, a level of policing that is so yeah, it's still about scraping the bottom. Jesus Christ! Yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know who the copper is, but he he shouldn't be on the force if, it's, if that's if that's his best effort. Well, I remember when I was a kid, um, I was cycling to uh, to college, and the front wheel of my pedal bike went over the white line of the traffic lights. Just the fr- <laughs> just the front wheel, Rebel. you know, and uh, and there was a copper standing on the pavement, and he and he. You know, signal for me to come over. 
And I just thought, oh, this is jail time. Obviously, I'm going to get absolutely hammered here. Because uh, I was, you know, I, I trusted the copper. He was, to, to me, he was the... It all started to go wrong when Tony Blair said we must call the police a police uh, service. Yeah. It's not a police service. It's a police force. Enforce they enforce the law. That's right. Mm. And if they can't do that, they should find another job. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you what, fellas, because I've got such wonderfully kind and empathic um, chaps on my show. I'm just going to put my theory to you because hopefully then other people will see it. And then hopefully they'll see the nonsense of all of this. Right. right okay. And it goes something like this. Right. And and with respect to religion and blah, 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 it, it make of it what 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 you will. But okay. up up there one day in a great big void. There was some dude, let's call him Mr. Universe, and he's all on his own because there's nothing else in the universe. He's bored. He's like, do you know what? I'm going to do a bit of an experiment here, right? I'm going to take a bit of myself, I don't know, a rib, I'm gonna chuck that down, and I'm going to create a reaction. And what that's going to do is set something in place called evolution. And it's going to probably go, go well, it it will go on to eternity. I want to see if this clever, complex, you know, uh, fusion of life and 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 uh, biology and physics and da, da 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 can ever get to the point where it can create intelligent life. Obviously, it has. Right? Or not? He says, but but my the reason I put this thing into place is I want to know. If this life will ever get smart enough to realize it's me, it's oh, an extension of me. Right. Okay. And even though you got these little funny pink things running around thinking they're humans, no, they c it's all part of the big picture called the universe. Right. And so once you realize that we're all carbon molecular structures, right? The nonsense of thinking that there's a difference between us guys is like saying there's two rocks on the beach and we should call this one Fred and, you know, this one Richard and we'll give this one a punk rock haircut. This Let's give this dude an earring and give them... No, the point I'm getting to is once you realise we're all carbon molecular-based structure, we've been here from the dawn of time, we will be here to eternity, maybe not in this birth certificate identity that people deludedly referred to as Chris, mm. but, but if you are me, Richard and Fred, and I am you, because we're the universe just experiencing itself in, in, in different bodies, then I love you and I hope you love me. Mm. And I want the absolute best for you because you're me and I, I'm you. And I, mm. I, I know you want the best, the best for me. Right. And what that does is, it takes down all the division, doesn't it? it well, the, 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 the problem is, though, Chris, is that there are thousands of people out there who see that acceptance or awakening as a weakness. And so what they do is they manipulate it. And that's what, you know, when you've got, uh, you, know, we've, you know, we're seeing at the moment the cost of living is going through the roof. The cost of living will not hit Jeff Bezos or 
or um, MPs or the or the banking fraternity or um, big tech, uh, it, it, it won't hit those people. It will hit it will hit plumbers and builders and the middle classes and and the lower income families. And that, and that's the problem. We there, there isn't that connection. I mean, there should be, and and I wish there was. But people more now than ever are focused on division. We've now got pronouns. You know, you have to describe. Are you are you him or her or she or sis? off what are you talking about you drill, drill, drill it right down there's one description human being that's it one description if you drill it right down but people don't want that that's not enough so then you've got man and woman okay fine and then then it starts color, skin color you know birthright blah 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 it, but if you actually drill it down we are we should be all the same sadly and you could blame you could blame all of us because we're all responsible um we've allowed it not to be that no, I think like if you're if you're interested in uh, controlling people and um, and maintaining your position as in, in the elites or whatever we call it, um, division is a really important tool that you it can is, use. Yeah. So whether it's the trans issue, or whether it's to do with you know non-binary or black and white or Jewish or ginger or fat and thin, or it doesn't matter what it is. If you can find a way to divide people, and one really good way of dividing people, as we have seen in the last, uh, in the last actually forty or fifty years, first of all, it was HIV, the, you know, HIV negatives and the HIV pluses, um, and now it's the, the the vaccinated and the unvaccinated, yeah, and skin color, and skin color. So division yeah. is is at the heart of it. Tony Benn was absolutely right when he said, if you've got a well-educated and a well-fed populace, they're very hard to control and govern. Mm. So what's the, so what does that tell you? It's important to keep the if you want to govern. It's important to keep the people fairly ignorant, to give them one story, and make sure they are completely preoccupied all the time with things other than the crap you're doing. Yeah, exactly. So they're, wor they're worried about food. They're worried about security. They're worried about policing on the streets. They're worried about immigration. All these things keep people worried because then they won't see how utterly useless we are in the House of Commons. Also, it's what politicians do when things go tits up at home. They go abroad. Yeah. Uh, yes. Boris Johnson goes to um, um, Ukraine. Macron goes to Algiers. Um, um, Pelosi goes to China. Uh, the whole thing... Biden goes to Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, as far as he's allowed. That speech, man. Yeah, and, and I think all the you know these people—that's what they do. It, it's, it, it's by the playbook. You know that it's 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 all look over there. You know, and uh, this this if you actually write down what's happening to this country at the moment, go through the last thirty months. It, it is an abomination of what they've done to people. Abomination on the elderly, care homes, uh, small businesses, hospitality. I mean, the list is. Friggin' endless, mm. and the only people, the only people who are benefiting, are uh, mainstream media, big tech, obviously, and both those people have it in their interest to keep you at home. Because if you're at home, what are you going to do? You can turn on TV, you can turn on your radio, turn on your computer, mm. um, and, um, and 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 you're and and you're going to lose community because you. Exactly. Instead of instead of talking to your neighbour, you're grassing him up because he had five yes. people at his barbecue. That's exactly right. Which is why they. This is why churches closed. It's why there's the, the war on hospitality. It's why um, uh, big events that they're going to try and crush. Obviously, not their big events like Davos and Bilderberg and other. Their their big events would be fine. Um, but uh, the big events for the for the, for the useless eaters. Uh, they, they they want to stamp out for, for a whole bunch of reasons. So they'll use climate change, and and if that doesn't work, they'll use COVID, and if that doesn't work, they use Omicron. It'll be some BS that they've that they've, they've pulled out the hat. Yeah, I mean back back in the day, 300, 400, 500 years ago, people were burned at the stake. Yeah, um, rather than relinquish on their beliefs. 
Many years later, the churches shut their doors because the government told them to. Mm. Mm. I mean, it is the, the lack of courage, the lack of spine, and the and the forgetting that their job is pastoral care to their community. That was their job. Um, it was extraordinary to me. I mean, the, the, right from the, as you say, from at every level, in, in, you can't think of an organisation or an institution that hasn't been that hasn't disappointed in some way or other in the last yeah, two years. Yeah. Um, and then I saw Boris Johnson the other day defending, despite the evidence, that lockdowns were a good idea and the right thing to do. Because he hasn't got the, the nerve, he hasn't no. got, he's spineless, he doesn't have the guts, frankly, can I, can I to just, admit. Yeah, I'll just contribute. It, it, it's all about the ego again, isn't it? You, it know? Is, yeah. you yeah. have to get rid of your ego yeah, you to, 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 to seek your peace in life and, and enter Nirvana. And I woke up in Nirvana every single day. I've had three of the toughest months of my life. I'm just coming through it now. Did that stop me being it? No, absolutely not. Because my whole understanding is life's not supposed to be easy, but I'm perfect. I was born perfect. I don't need anybody telling me to put stuff in my body. Blah, blah, blah. All i got to do is practice peace, love, kindness, empathy, and go out and live the dream. But when you take someone like Boris, I mean, and this is no, you know, we're not being fattest here, folks. But he, <laughs> oh, yeah. he's a bit of a uh, a bit of a porker. Yeah. I'm guessing he has his liquid lunches. Yeah, he's obesity is, is Chris. Obesity is an issue. Can't it's the mm. elephant in the room? You know, li literally, people people are too fat. <laughs> you know, pe pe people. He, he, if you look at the people online giving advice, Piers Morgan, three chins. Um, Andrew Neil, too fat. Yeah. Steve Nolan, too fat. Mick Ferrari, too fat. Mm. Julie Hartley Brewer, too fat. These Fred, people are Fred, my, my, my point is they're all losing a spiritual battle. They are. You cannot yeah. have the vibration that that sets you free yeah. if you're not treating your temple in the bloody right yeah. way. And if it's true. You, uh, yeah, so, so we, we used to manage gyms. And I can tell you now from personal experience, you don't have to go to a gym to be fit. I'm just giving this an example. And we were much bigger at the time. We are in good shape. And I was a personal trainer. People would come in. What do you want to do? Oh, I don't really want to, I don't want to be big like you, the guy would say. I just want to, you know, tone up. I'd say, okay. Yeah, so I'd get, we had a black desk. I'd get a white piece of chalk, draw a button. Say, if you could push that, if that was a real button and you could get muscle like me by pushing it, what would you do? He said, push it. So I said, so we've established you're lazy. That's what we've established. Yes. <laughs> so and I did this every time, and and it was a joke, you know. And and people, it's it, it, it. People fail to realise you can't out train your diet. You've got to be careful with what you eat. You've got to be responsible for your body, and you've got to give your body a chance at keeping its a bit at being healthy and, and, and your well being. And the very people that are handing out this medical advice, like the ones I mentioned, are a, an example of what not to do with your body. They are. They're, they're, yeah. they're, it's, I mean, when you see that thing of Steve Nolan walking around garages shouting at people, uh, I think I think it was Steve Nolan um, shouted at people put their mask on. He can barely walk. <laughs> he, he ought to be in a, on, on wheels. He can barely walk, and he's he's handing out advice. It is it, you know I wouldn't I wouldn't if I I wouldn't I wouldn't go to you know Stevie Wonder for driving lessons. It's just you know he's a great songwriter. Driving maybe not so yeah. good at you know it, it just it's just, oh, Christ. Almighty. When when they shut the gyms. That was it, you know. Yeah. Instead of like, actually, what? Why don't you make vegetables like half price? Yeah, yeah. You know? 
Why don't yeah. you give some like nutritional information and and, yeah. and and teach people that the body's actually got a pH balance, and if you yeah. if you screw with it, you you, you are going to get ill a, yeah. a lot, and and yeah. that will lead to terminal illness. At, at mm. you know, and uh, fellas, listen, just, uh, I just want to. I mean, you're platinum selling artists, and yeah. you're the most humble guys in the music industry. Alongside Danny Ramplin, hello Danny, much love to yeah, you. That, that much, 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 that, much, that much love to, to to Danny. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, the old substances, you know, anyone knows my history. I've written like three memoirs now about, um, or at least two two of them were uh, about my battle with crystal meth and where yeah. it led me. And I, I I have absolutely nothing negative to say about it. I'm 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 an enlightened being, and if I hadn't lived my life the way I did, I. I might not be an enlightened being and I yeah, might yeah. I, I might not have the most gorgeous son that is possible to <laughs> bloody at. But for you boys, how, you know, I read something, was it uh, one of the tabloids recently about your, was it you, Fred, taxi driving? That's right. I used to sell speed out the back Selling of the cab, a yeah. bit, bit, bit of this and a bit yeah. of that. How, yeah. how, how did you, like, keep on top of that in the celebrity world? Well, I, I didn't. Um, after about 92, my, 90, no, 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 about 93, my cocaine use grew. Um, exponentially. Yeah, exponentially, yeah. And, um, <laughs> and, and I, was, I was fortunate because I wasn't addicted. So what I could do, I, I could stop and start whenever I wanted. So I would do a few weeks on, but I'd take it every day, and then I'd take months off. So I, I was very lucky not to have that addiction on the other hand very unlucky because i should have been in rehab and you know, i should have kicked it into touch way before i did uh, but but because i had this ability to do it and not do it it, it kind of it, it made me sort of indulge in it in far longer than i probably should have done um and, and i used it as a stimulant initially after shows or before shows then i started using it in my in recreational time and then it became a big bigger part of my life than it should have done but only in, in, it wasn't every day year in year out it was for a few days and stop then then for a couple of weeks and stop and it was sort of very 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 in, in, intermittent so from that point of view I was, I was quite lucky but we were surrounded by people you know record companies would score gear for you tour managers would local promoters would this holiday like, hotels yeah 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 exactly <laughs> this this idea that the record co company you know uh is is very anti-drug is it bollocks it knows it's anti-certain drugs it doesn't like smack because you can't you can't perform on smack really well but you know uppers like cocaine uh, you can perform fairly effectively on those um and you see it all the time on tv you see you know and on tour you see bands using it all the time in one in one sense or another um so i don't think um it, it's um i think the industry is a lies to itself about that um and, and there's you know, avici um testimony you know, sadly testament testified that you know he, he was he was pushed to breaking point because people are more interested in the in, in the, a lot of people are more interested in the bottom line than someone's well-being it's definitely it's definitely um a youth thing I think if you're listening to your body yes, at all, as yeah, you get older, absolutely. you, you realise that this can't, it can't go on. No, it can't, no, You know, when we first started, I could uh, I could get off my, do a gig, get off my head, have sex <laughs> with somebody and wake up at 10 o'clock in the morning and feel crack, fine. Crack on. You know, <laughs> now that, that, that simple sort of routine would take me about a month to get over. Yes. So I just, um, you know, and I like getting to bed early and I like reading and yeah. I, I like going to the gym. Yeah. I like all that stuff. So... Um, and also, there's nothing sadder, I don't think, than an aging drug addict. 
on you know a musician who thinks it, who still thinks it's cool to get wasted. Well, um, and, clever, you know, it, it, it tends. I think it's you know when you're young, you can you can you can your body can deal with it. As you get older, you have to be a little bit more careful, and you have to be a bit more respectful of, of the body that you're occupying. Mm, yeah, Avicii's a bit of a hero of mine. I, I, right. you, you, and I know a lot of people say if you could meet someone in history, who would it be? Uh, yeah. Jesus, Jesus, Winston mm-hmm. Churchill. I'd love to have met. Would you? Okay. Uh, I'd, I, I I went through the dance area and then uh, as as I'm sure you guys did and I it, it really changed my life you know I learned so much for it I made a twat myself probably most of the time <laughs> but you know I, I mean I never danced before and now I love dancing mm. and I I love to do it at every single opportunity and at 52 folks I still can't <laughs> think exactly. exactly. but when I see Avicii there and he's just he's banging it out mm. you know but then of course. There was suggestion that shenanigans went on there, wasn't yes, there? They you were. know, yeah, yeah. I, fr- I, don't know the, I don't know the details, and yeah. so I can't speculate. Mm. No, I I wouldn't speculate. But the yeah. uh, one, what, he was just this awesome guy, folks. He was a sweet Swedish chap. He was a musical genius. He pulled artists together, and he did amalgamations. And I I list, I love to listen to them when I run every morning. And then um, he took a photo of his fans. I think he was like in Dubai or somewhere, but yeah. don't don't quote me on that. Yeah. And and then that later that day, allegedly, yeah, you know, right. yeah. took him yeah. took him took himself out mm. of the game. And yeah, you had. To, I, I understand he had depression problems. Obviously, I think being on the road on your own is yeah. a miserable place, particularly for girls, but male or female, it's, it's lonely. We've been fortunate enough to have each other, and we generally work with people we have a good relationship with. Um, we don't like yes men particularly, uh, so we try and have a more of an adult. You like yes women, though. Yeah. <laughs> I used to like. Well, I used to like yes women. That's true. That's right. I'm guilty as charged. <laughs> guilty as charged. Yeah. So um, does that does that get Fred? Does that get problematic? I mean, what do you mean? Well, when you've you know got women or men throwing themselves at you, it, got, it, can that get you down a? Yeah, you know. Yes, it did. It did. I, I, I abused it. Um, I, I didn't abuse them. I need to say I abused the situation. You were not abused. I exploited the situation. I was very promiscuous. I was single. I was fortunate enough to meet some very beautiful women, and I took advantage of that. Then after uh, a couple of years, you start to think, actually, I just want someone to hang out with I can talk to. I mean, I know yeah, you got nice tits and everything, but you're a bit dim. <laughs> so so I, I might need someone I can actually have a conversation with. And then I was fortunate fortunate enough to meet my wife in the uh, early noughties and, and and we've stayed together. So, um, yeah, I don't really, um, I, 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 I was, uh, um, I, I did, I was pretty, I was pretty um, stereotypical of, you know, pop star, pop star takes drugs, marries page three girls, sleeps with lots of models and gets a bit messed up. I was, I was a bit, you know, pretty standard issue in that way, you know. Mm. Where, where, where are you guys from? Where, where did you grow up? Both born in London. We grew up in East Grinstead. I was born in South East London, which was born in South West London, and we grew up in East Grinstead. Yeah. yeah. I was born in South East London. Where were you? Where about? Well, Bromley. Oh, Bromley. Oh, I was further. I was, uh, I know Bromley. I was um, um, Sydenham Penge. Yeah. 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 I have. Yeah. I, I, I won't pretend I know it very well. I left no, when, not I, was, right. when not I was very young, but I, I yeah. just, I, I, I did wonder if we had a bit of a connection there. Yeah. 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 Guys. Oh, sorry, yeah, go on. Uh, yeah, yeah, we, we've got another one coming in. We have to wind up yeah. quite soon. Yeah. Can I just ask you one last thing? Like, yes, mate. Yeah. You, 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 you've performed for like Nelson Mandela, the Queen, you know, mm. all the, but who's like the geezer or the girly that you've had a real bloody good crack with? Um, whether, whether, Hodgson, that, whether that, whether that be. Hodgson. 
Michael Hutchins? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Michael Hutchins was lovely. Um, 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 uh, Paula Wilcox was lovely. Um, Jason Donovan yeah. very, was very sweet. Very funny. Was very funny. Yeah. Um, who else did we? Um, Actually, when we met Paul McCartney, he was very nice. Paul McCartney was very nice for, you know, for yeah, he for was. his COVID nonsense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And who else? Um, that's about it, really. Um, not, not many, to be honest with you. No. Sam Fox was, was we met her many times. She was a real sweetheart. We asked all the time um, about you know musician, famous musician friends and all that kind of stuff. Really we just don't have any. No, we just no. don't mix in that kind of thing. You know, um, the people who are nice or just you meet them in passing in yeah. a hotel lobby or something. Yeah. There's loads of those. Yeah, we met Shaggy and uh, Fifty Cent and um, uh, um, uh, who said um, Pit Balls, all sorts of people we've met. Mm. And and then on, on a one to one, you know, over a thirty second high mate house again. Very, very nice people. There are some that are just rude from the beginning. Um, but generally speaking, yeah, we met Diane Keaton and uh, Johnny Depp and oh, Mickey uh, Rourke, and they're all really sweet. Living in John. Living in John. Lovely people. Mm. Yeah, yeah. On, on that first image, yeah, uh, first impression, yeah. Fellas, listen, you wrote a hit single called I'm Too Sexy. And I tell, you, I tell you what, it's physically impossible to listen to that and not feel fucking sexy. And I, 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 I think that's that can't not be a bad thing it's a good um, to feel sexy guys it's been an ap absolute honor thank absolute. you Chris. as i said to you at the beginning on behalf of me and my boy uh this is where i get emotional but you 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 know you know what i'm trying to say yeah yeah, yeah keep keep the good fight for anyone watching it, it's all right to step outside in the mainstream it's it all is. right to do the right thing it's all right to go in a supermarket and go do you know what fuck that bullshit yeah. you know it, 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 it it's okay it, it okay. means you're living your dream and and it's fine enough and 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 and, and nothing will come of it nothing exactly. will come of it anyway think for yourself think always for yourself. always think yeah. for yourself absolutely right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. fred and richard a, listen don't you, I, I i i won't keep you after the show i'm just going to click it click it okay. off now friends at home i hope you've loved this as much as i have I um massive love to you all if you could Thank please you. like Thank and you. subscribe that would be great yeah massive love love to the boys please you know and extend that to your families um let's chat again at some point yeah absolutely chris that'd be interesting yeah, yeah, let's I hope, do that. hope to hook up with you up in up in the smoke at, at, at some time <laughs> and we'll we'll maybe you know we'll do something good love to everybody Thank cheers you, cheers cheers Bye. cheers friends thank you for listening to the bought the t-shirt podcast Please like, subscribe and share. And don't forget to follow me on social media. Username Chris Thrall. Instagram Chris.thrall. Thank you.